Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. Hey, this is Big Chief and you're listening to the Bourbon Road. You know what I love to pour in my old fashions is a little maple syrup can't be just any maple syrup it has to be from seldom seen farms up in ohio he takes bourbon barrels pours his syrup in there and ages it for six to nine months making for some delicious just some delicious syrup that you could pour on pancakes you could pour it on waffles chicken and waffles like this fat guy likes but seriously you want to make a delicious cocktail with some maple syrup and not that old simple syrup Check out SeldomSeenMaple.com. Pick up some stuff from there today. We'd appreciate it. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. This is The Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, once again, we're on the road. One of our favorite cities. Yeah. Favorite little city, I guess. Is little city. city. It's a city. It's a city. Is it? Yeah, it's a city. There ain't no skyscrapers, it's, Jim. It's the capital of Kentucky. It is. It is. And they <laughs> they got some bourbon here, too. I, that's what my favorite thing about Frankfurt is. Beside Rebecca Ruth Candies and uh, the, the place we're sitting in right now. Yeah, so where are we? So there's this couple here in Frankfurt, and they love bourbon so much that they turn their basement into a... G- it's a gigantic bar, uh, and they're called Basement Rick House, and they have uh, a, a little TikTok uh, channel, right? A little bitty one. A little bitty one, uh, but they're on there. Logan and Mac, and they invited us to come over to their house. All right. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, guys. Welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome oh, to thanks. our home. Happy y'all are here. It's really beautiful down here now. I, I had no clue that there were houses with basements, because this is a basement Rick House, right? Yep. Basement yep. Rick with House. Basements with, what are these, 16-foot ceilings? Uh, 12. Yeah, 12-foot, 12 12 foot. which sounds really cool, but it just means we have a really steep hill to mow, is yeah. really what it means. That's true. We, yeah. we have Logan. <laughs> Logan has. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. But but the, the good thing about that is, is you were able to set up ricks of barrels in your basement, so it really looks like a Rick House here. That was the goal. That was the goal. And you got just a few bottles of bourbon. One or two. Yeah, one or two. Very beautiful. We love it here. This is a. This is. I think this is. This is what every bourbon lover wants their basement to look like. Yeah, I, I, I would think. I think so. I think he. I'm looking over there. I'm trying to count barrels. Uh, there's 15 barrels over there somewhere about. Yeah, 14. Yeah, 14. 14 of them. Yeah. I'd had to take my shoes off Jim, to finish counting there, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, so we're we're sitting in the basement Rick House today uh, with our new friends. And we we've known each other for a while now, but right, yeah, we've been is, trying to put this together for a while. But this is the first time we've been able to sit together in the Rick House and enjoy some bourbon together. Or in the case of this first half, a little bit of rye, right? Yeah. What What'd you guys pour for us? Yeah, so this is our uh, Castle and Key Restoration Rye uh, single barrel pick that we did. Had a um, barrel release party. I don't know a month or so ago i guess now uh and and just fell in love with this barrel um you know I, I think rise are one of those things that people love them or they hate them and one of our favorite things to do uh, outside of drinking with good people is to convince people that they like what they said they don't like uh, 
um, you know, never fail. Somebody will come to the bar and they'll say, well, I hate X brand. And so we'll do a blind tasting with them. And my goal is always to get them to go, man, I really like this. And I get to reveal, oh yeah, that's X brand. Right. And so same thing with rise, you know, people that uh, don't like rise, we wanted to find something that we call a bridge rye, something that uh, a, a rye drinker could go, yeah, this is really good. But a bourbon drinker that doesn't really like rye could also taste it and go, man, this is, this is a rye. Really? So that was that was the goal for this pick. So restoration riots a five year, um, one of their few five years that they that they've done. It was barrel number two hundred and sixty, I yep, think two sixty. So it was one of the first. So this would have been uh, Marianne's, you know, pride and joy uh, when when she was there. Yeah, and so this was rolled in there pretty early on um, when there was not very much of their own product there in their in their rick houses. And so that was pretty exciting to be able to find one that was so, you know, early on in the days um, and then be able to find that it's still really, really good. Now, where does rice sit on sort of your preferred profiles, each of you guys? Yeah. I mean, once we started hanging out, when Cats One Key started releasing that rye, I think I jumped in with both feet um, and kind of created my own little rye corner of the bar where it's like, here's here's all of Max Rye's over here and um, got really into the different single barrels. So just, I think that's one of the things that I really love is that you can have some name brand, but all these single barrels could be so very different. And so um, I'm just, you know, collecting them all and trying to find the different flavor profiles. And this is one that, like Logan said, it was not it's not on any kind of edge. It is, it is something that I think most people can, can try and find some real enjoyment in a lot of different flavors. And this one's pretty complex. Yeah. And I, I, I love rye. I mean, I, I think it's, um, robust in flavor. Everybody equates rye to spicy and, and I don't think it's spicy. Um, they're, they're spicy in the sense of like Frank's hot sauce spicy. It's not that it's, it's spicy in that you get a lot of baking spices from it sure. um so it's it's not necessarily always hot and i think this this rise tried and true proof of of that it's not it's not a spicy frank's hot sauce spicy rye it's just robust well i'm excited mike we haven't had this one yet well you you have i, I have already had it well i got to go to that <laughs> barrel release thanks again for the invite of course um, so very welcome it's always awesome to go over to castle and key to a, yes. a private event or you know and and when you walk in there, I'm sure you guys feel this. Everybody knows you. And I, I saw so many friends over there that either I knew who they are uh, or they knew who I was, was people that never met me before. They're like, you're here. And I'm like, yeah, they were like, you know them. And I was like, of course I know them. Yeah. Uh, it's like cheers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what a great pick it was a great event you guys put on. Um, you. You're saying it's not Frank's red hot, but red hot candies now okay that i get that spice in this oh those little round ones the little round well, they're like i don't know what those things are they're a little long looks like a peel oh you mean t hot tamales maybe that's what yeah, that's what yeah. Yeah. yeah hot tamales are kind of shaped like a yeah. good and plenty kind of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we yeah. know our candy pretty good right? <laughs> <laughs> well heck let's drink some of this thing cheers cheers cheers, cheers. still good mm -hmm. oh yeah it hasn't turned turned bad yet, right? It hasn't. No, no. Mm -mm. no. So, you guys, when did Basement Rick House really start? Where did the concept start at? Uh, by accident uh, is really how it started. Um, you know, I, w I was a builder in Western Kentucky. I was a home builder, 
and uh, we moved to central Kentucky and I started designing kitchens. And so I've always had that skill set and um, uh, loved Love bourbon. Um, love the history of it. When we moved to uh, Central Kentucky, you know, you've got two options. You've got horses and you've got bourbon. And, you know, our HOA wouldn't allow for a horse. so And I wouldn't either. Yeah. So so we went the bourbon route and uh, just started collecting and, and you know, fall in love with, with mainly the stories. You know, the stories of bourbon are just so captivating. That, that that's what we latched on to. And of course, we we enjoyed it. And I mean, you know, her, her dad grew up drinking makers and, and, you know, coming into the family. If you didn't drink bourbon, you know, you, you didn't drink, you know, was, was kind of the, the way the family introduction went. So, um, you know, we, we've always had that appreciation for the taste, but the stories is what really brought us in. Um, and so I had the opportunity, a friend of mine worked at Buffalo Trace. We're you know, within 10 minutes of Buffalo Trace here. And uh, he said, hey, you ought to come give tours because it's one of those things we had gone on enough distillery tours and heard enough of the stories. And when people would come and visit us from out of town, we would take them on those same tours and we'd be that group in the back going, yeah, but they didn't tell you this story. I'm like, this is the best story. And so we became that person that every tour guide hates. Um, so sorry if, if that was ever us. And so buddy of mine knew that we did that, knew that we loved the stories. And, and he said, you should come and work at Buffalo Trace with me and, and give tours. Had a full-time job, so it would have just been a hobby. So I went to go volunteer at Buffalo Trace. And they said, oh, no, we'll pay you. I said, even better, right? So started uh, telling stories a couple Saturdays a month. And, and after about a year of doing that, they said, you know, we've got this thing called a tasting panel. It's like, say more, you know, you had me at tasting. And so they said, you should come try out. And so um, started, um, you know, going and, and it's a testing program. It takes about six months, very similar to what a sommelier goes through. They take it very, very serious. Um, and it's like survival. If you don't pass a test, you're voted off the island, right? And so this was, uh, it was a job I was willing to take home with me, you know, if, if I had the opportunity to train at home. Um, and so and we, he did. so we, we did that. <laughs> Lots and, of homework, huh? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so she helped me, help me train. Yeah. So I was able to help Logan, you know, do his homework. So I'm a, a very good wife and very supportive of those things. Um, but then I also got to kind of get trained along the way as well. So Logan would learn about these different testing techniques and come home and we talk them over and then he'd kind of turn it right back around on me and let me start kind of getting through some of the things and figuring out what my palate was all about and what, I was more sensitive to and what I was, you know, enjoyed more than others. And so I got to kind of do along with them. And then um, we got so into all these different, different flavors that you could get. Um, so one of his birthday parties, we just did a big old blind tasting. And so we had a bunch of friends over and I pulled out a couple of different bottles, um, went and get a, got a couple others with different tasting profiles, put together different snacks and treats and things like that, that were supposed to either pull out flavors or, you know, hide some flavors. And we just went for it and we had this huge event um, where we were just having all these blind tastings. And that's when I was like, I like this part. I like this, this, you know, pulling all these different pieces together. And the best part is we had friends, you know, surrounding us and having a really good time and went back to those storytelling. And um, that's that's what kind of got us into it on our own. And then that's where we really wanted to bring other people in. Um, and so that's kind of this very deep history of Basement Eric House and why we kind of pulled this name together in addition to the location that we're in now. Yeah. So we we. 
you know, got into the tasting, doing those things. And then, you know, from there, um, I worked at Buffalo Trace for about six years and COVID hit. And, you know, what I loved was being able to tell the stories, you know, have a group of 35 to, to 45 people and be able to see their reactions when they hear something that they had never heard before. Um, it, it was a blast. And then COVID happened. And, and of course, we took several months off. But then when it came back, it was, you know, a group of, of six to eight people, which is great. It's very intimate, but it just lost some of its luster. You know, and and at that time we had started building this bar in our basement. And as I was doing it, I was posting pictures on a bourbon Facebook group. And everybody on there is like, you gotta start a TikTok, you gotta start an Instagram, we gotta see it. And I'm like, listen, I'm not a dancing teenager. I have no idea how to do that. So so no, I'm not gonna do it. But got it done. Um and and Mac knew when we bought the house, you know, we walked down we saw this big open canvas and she knew that, that we wanted a bar and was going to build a bar. And so I had drawn out, this is what this is going to look like, but she didn't know about the Rick house side. That was strategically left off of the drawing that he uh, showed me. Yeah. Yeah. That that's true. So, (laughs) you know, built the bar, started building the Rick house, got it finished. And then we were hosting a mixology class down here for friends, hired a mixologist to come in. Everybody, paid the mixologist and had dinner and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and so it looked really cool down here and figured out how to film one video, just walking down the stairs, paying the bar, didn't say anything in it. It wasn't in it personally. Couldn't see us. It was just paying on the bar, figured out how to upload it to TikTok. And I didn't even tell her about it uh, that night. Uh, woke up the next morning and I was like, Hey, guess what? We're on TikTok. And she's like, no. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're on TikTok. And so I'm figuring out how to pull it up and, you know, where to find this video that we had posted and it had a hundred thousand hits on it. And I was like, well, that was fun. You know, and at, at that point I'd already left Buffalo Trace. And so we, uh, so, well, let's, let's see what we can do. The endorphins had kicked in. And, and so I started telling these one to three minute stories. Um, you know, Paul Harvey was always a hero of mine growing up. And so I loved the rest of the story. Um, and so I just started kind of still in that format of, of storytelling and, and brought whiskey and, and bourbon to it. And, um, you know, it took off and then Matt got into it as well. Yeah. So on the storytelling part of it, it, I, I really wanted to take that time to, to bring in the, the other points of view, right? The, the names that aren't celebrated as much or aren't, weren't known as much, especially at that point. So I really wanted to do women in whiskey. And kind of start elevating and telling their stories, which was really important to me. And um, and I loved the opportunity to connect with some of the women that are the front runners. You know, we we interviewed Marianne Eves and Jackie Zykan. Um, and um it it was just it was amazing to hear these women who, you know, were jumping into this male-dominated world and having a really good time of it and actually being able to do what they wanted. Um, got to talk to Peggy No Stevens and I think she's, she's just so welcoming to everyone that comes into the industry. And, um, even us, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm just on social media, no big deal. And she's like, yes, yes, let's, let's do it. And running into her at a couple of different events since then, she's just like, she's so sweet and just so welcoming. So I love that. And I just liked being able to tell her story and, and share those pieces. And, and then when we, uh, we're like, hey, you know, we're loving the social media side, but we want to do more um, than that. Then that's really where we started bringing the people back in. Um, if you'll notice most of our stories, you know, and, and our videos that we do, we want to keep bourbon and whiskey approachable. 
right? Because so many people got turned off because if you weren't doing the highbrow way, then you weren't really a part of it. This was, you know, some sophisticated thing. And, and that's, that's just not welcoming. And that turns so many people off, especially of the younger generations. And so, um, you know, you don't, you don't just go and hang out in someone's basement that you're not friends with. Right. Like, so when people are in the basement at the basement rick house, it's, it's comfortable and it's cozy and it's friends and family. And it's some there that you can ask questions, right. You know, you can like, well, why is it like this? Why, why is it that happening? Or, okay, I don't really get that flavor out of it. How am I supposed to do that? And so it really helps people kind of take down their walls and feel comfortable. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about what, what we're doing, whether it's, the stories that we're telling are when we bring in guests um, either here or when we go out to places, you know, we're always trying to help people feel comfortable, um, be able to ask those questions so they can explore um, and get into this wonderful drink and this wonderful industry that that's been really welcoming and enjoyable for us to be in. Yeah. Our motto, and, and you'll see it on our website and other places is it's not about what you're drinking. It's about who you're drinking with. Their, their dog, Jim Blanton, over there. Oh, yeah. He makes us, he warms the basement right up. He does. Oh, he does. He does. Yeah. We've had everyone who's come in here pretty much, you know, Blant will just come up and start jumping at their ankles. And then it's like, okay, well, you want me to hold your dog? And then they're like, oh, well, now now we belong. So he, he does have to jump to hit the ankle. He does. Yeah. Yeah. He's a <laughs> can, little three pound mini For people that don't know, just pretend he's a great Dane or something. please. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Blanton is a big name, but a small dog. He is a three pound teacup Yorkie. I wanted a lab. Um, we compromised. I lost. So uh, no, we compromised. I got the dog and you got the name. I would tell you that I have a yellow lab and yeah. a name Woodrow. Nice. Nice. Good name. And you probably made a wise decision in Blanton because of the size he is. Number one. Oh yeah. Uh, number two, labs come with lots and lots of hair. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, like vacuum cleaners every day full of hair. Yep, so absolutely, absolutely. Great, great dog. I wouldn't trade him for the world. But uh, Blanton, I, I would love to see a video or a photo of him uh, cut a Blanton's bottle down and <laughs> fit him inside there. Oh, uh, that would be a good photo of him. He could do it. He could yeah. do it. Uh, yeah. So I, I hope to see that from you guys. We'll work on it. Yeah. I, I almost bet he would fit in Blantman's bottle. Oh, yeah. Especially when he was a puppy. He, he, oh, yeah. He could fit in the palm of your hand. Which people people make fun of us like, oh, you named your dog Blanton? Like, yeah, he's 11. So it was Blanton before Blanton's is what it, before people were lined up and you could find dusty Blanton's before sitting on a cool. shelf. Yeah. 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 He sure doesn't look 11. He looks like, mm -mm. Uh, he looks like a baby. He does. He looks like a little puppy. Yeah. And he's, he's got his own following on TikTok. He doesn't have his own channel or anything like that or his own account. But um, the people that were, have been with us on our lives for a while, um, Blanton will just, you know, start barking and want some attention. And so then, you know, we're holding him and then everyone, you know, when a dog's on camera, you're like, oh, I want to see the puppy. I want to see the dog. And so, uh, so we've got a lot of our friends on TikTok that whenever we're going live and I'm not holding Blanton or he's not holding Blanton, where's Blanton? And so we have to like pan the bar and show yeah, he's him. Still alive. He's, he's still okay. here. Still alive. Yeah. He's on his blanket. How long did it take you guys to finish the bar part of the basement off? Yeah, we did it in phases. So um, when we moved here in 2019, we had, you know, we had a bourbon collection then um, and we wanted to get those boxes of bourbon off of the shelf because uh, we've got two kids and we don't want them into it. So we actually built the wall itself first. 
Um, and then once the wall was done, that took, I don't know, three weeks or so to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's working nights after the kids go to sleep and, you know, trying your best to hammer quietly, which isn't a thing. Um, no, definitely not a thing. And then we, we built a bar in another phase and that took probably, I don't know, a month, six weeks, something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then did the, the Rick house itself as the last phase. So overall it was about a year from start to finish with mm-hmm. some long breaks in between. Yeah. I mean, your bar is as big as Applebee's bar. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's I mean, it's I mean, how many chairs are around it? Uh, 10, 10, 10, yeah. 10 chairs around it. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty nice. I mean, it's fancy like Applebee's. It's fancy like, fancy like, oh yeah. Not, <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> well, I'm sure you would take them as a sponsor. Of right? course. Yeah. We'll put yeah. a, we'll put an Applebee's neon sign in here. Sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> for the right price. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would too. Or the right <laughs> bourbon. One or of the, the right other. bourbon. Stock it for us. Yeah. That's right. There you go. So, you know, t- there's an awful lot of people in the world posting to TikTok, but there's not a lot of uh, people out there doing it to the level you guys do. And, and what does it Thank take you. to go from, I mean, what's the, what's the, the knowledge, the gathering of knowledge that it takes and the, and the amount of time that it takes to, to run a channel the size of yours. It helps being full of crap really is what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to have a backlog of stories. That's it's very right. helpful. Yeah. No, I think that was the biggest thing is, is, having that experience at Buffalo trace and, and all of those stories and, and that experience of here's how to taste and, and all of that, having that certainly helped. Um, and then just being a fan, you know, one of the things that we love the most is we're not just telling Buffalo trace stories. I mean, we're, we're getting into all the distilleries and, and the lesser known parts of those distilleries. So, you know, you, you'll, you can see around our basement, we've got a lot of bourbon books and, you know, we'll, we'll read old newspaper or newspaper articles mm-hmm. and things like that from prohibition to see, you know, what we can find and, and all of that. So, and we've made some pretty good friends that like to help us tell the story. So uh, we've made friends with someone who worked at the Fraser history museum um, back when they were putting everything together for the, the bourbon area, bourbon floor. And um, so she was like, Oh yeah, here's, you know, so here's some really great stories. And so she kind of passed along some things and then we'll go to a bourbon society and they're like, yeah, I really liked your story about this, but what about, why haven't you done a story on this? I'm like, uh, because we don't know that one yet. Tell us and, or give us the, give us the resources and we'll go research it. And so that's also been really helpful that now, you know, other, other historians and, and history buffs and just bourbon fans will, you know, start bringing us that. Well, why haven't you done this yet? Like, mm-hmm. Give us, Give us three days. <laughs> and that's what Got takes you. the longest is the research because oh, yeah. we'll figure out a really, really good story and we'll have it, you know, crafted of, you know, Paul Harvey would look at it and go, man, that's a really, really good story. Right. And then we'll try to break it. Right. You always try to figure out what's, what's a lie, what's not true. And then we'll figure out that government, it's not true. And yeah. so we'll have to approach it a different way. And, and so that's, we try to be as factual as possible. And if it's about a distillery today, we try to run it by that distillery and say, "Hey, here's we're getting ready to do this story. Like, what do you, what do you think about that?" And so it, it's helped to build some good relationships with distilleries sure. and and you know be true to the story and to the distillery because we're not trying to make anybody mad. You guys told a story not too long ago about sour mash and yeah. who truly um, come out with sour mash, the sour mash technique and stuff, right? And good Lord, did you guys cause me some headache because <laughs> it took me down this rabbit hole. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and not only did I, I researched the, the hell out of it, really, because uh, 
you guys told the story of the woman, not the man that correct created the process. Um, so I was like, I want to find out more about her. Right. Um, and then I, the further I dug, the more I found out about her. We try to break existing stories too. Stories that that people have told for years and years and years of, well, Jim Crow. He's he's the one that came up with sour mash. Yeah, but is he really? Like, yes, he put the science behind it, but is is he the one that wrote it down first? You know, and and trying to figure those stories out is is a blast. Yeah, yeah. The neat thing I found out about, uh, and what was her name? Catherine Carpenter. Catherine Carpenter is that she was illiterate. Correct. Um, so they don't know that she wrote it down, the recipe down herself, because she could only sign her name with an X. Right. But they think it was her daughter, one of her daughters, that mm. more than likely wrote her yeah. recipe down or the process down, right? right. And they hired some lawyers to, yeah. to make sure that it was in everything that they needed. But yeah. actually, one of her, the the man they called kind of the keeper of her children, mm-hmm. what do you think his last name was? Uh, Crow. Crow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you guys did yeah. this, do your research. Right. I was like, man, how much research did you guys have to do for that one story for that three minutes? Yeah, well, that's that's often the challenging part because we're not we don't have a YouTube channel. Uh, you know, we've talked about posting some of our videos on YouTube, but you know, the longest video that we've ever made is three minutes. Um, we don't, we don't do anything longer than that. So, you know, if you don't have ADD, you will have it by the time you make it through our videos, uh, because it's just one right after another, just little quick videos. Um, and you know, the research that goes into one three minute video is, is hours, you know, and it's hours of editing and, and, you know, we try to make it as professional looking as possible. I got to say hats off to you because you're doing everything by phone. Right. And then. I know because I did the research myself to see what you put into it. And I was like, they had to research to get this piece in that video. They had to go down the same rabbit hole. I Mm -hmm. did uh, see the same uh, literature that I saw, the same pieces of history, her recipe. uh, And there was plenty out there about her and her family. And oh yeah, um, I I was just simply amazed at widow of nine. Yeah. Um, Husband was a Revolutionary War soldier, and her second husband, you know, died, and he was the really the one that was the distiller and had built it up, and you know, she had the option of kind of staying in the kitchen, you know, as society would have preferred, and or you know, take on the business, you know, legally at that time, you if if you had children, you had to have a man be the the um, kind of figurehead of the household caretaker. Yeah. Yeah. And so she had that, but she was the one pulling the strings for the distillery and actually grew it, um, to, to be bigger than what it was. And that's really not that far from where we're sitting at today, really. Right. Um, Right. So it's just amazing. And you were talking about, you were talking about all these women in the business now, right. Uh, that are changing the dynamics Mm -hmm. of, uh, bourbon, with bringing more women to the business, but there were a lot of women back then that oh, were. Yeah, that were doing yeah. the same stuff, that same story. I can think four other distilleries that have that same story at it. You know, uh, Nelson Greenbrier mm-hmm. is one of them of one of those stories. A lot of people don't know how much um, Maker's Mark a woman had influence in that yeah. distillery. Oh yeah. So I mean, they were the first ones doing bourbon tourism because. Miss Marge wanted to build a distillery that people wanted to visit. Yeah. Yeah. She was the first one. She was the first, she was like, oh no, there's going to be a future where people will be coming here. This is 
you know, this is not a factory. This is a destination. And Which so. Maker's Mark is a destination, but it's oh, yeah. it's hard to get to that destination. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it is. As it's a journey. Are. As many are. I mean, yeah. they, they didn't plan for these places to be, you know, tourist destinations. They were factories. So you bought the land that was available and that was cheap and had good transportation to get it, get there. But, you know, many of them are out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but now we know that you can get in a canoe and you can go there by boat down Hardens Creek, right? <laughs> Well, I don't know. About mm. no, I don't know about Hardens Creek's a little bit. I don't I, know. I think you probably get ankle deep water anyway. I definitely my I'm not getting in a canoe because <laughs> my canoe just sit on the bottom. Maybe maybe you guys all sit in a canoe and be fine, but you know I'd be hitting a gravel bottom just banging along. All right, Mike. Well, my glass is empty. We're up against a break. Why don't we take a few minutes? Let the rest of you finish your drinks, and uh, we'll get back to it. Yeah. Listeners, stay with us. Um, you know, you're going to have, uh, you got to get on their TikTok. You got to get on there and maybe in the break, you get on their TikTok real fast and check it out. Become a follower. And if you're not a follower um, and you want to meet Logan and Mac, we're going to be at a pretty, pretty amazing event October 1st with them. Bourbon on the banks. Bourbon on the banks. They'll be there. Uh, a lot of their tiktok videos are about bourbon on the banks giving free tickets away all the time oh, yeah. um so it's a fun event yeah hang with us man jim you know what i've really been enjoying lately oh you're gonna tell me some of that seldom seen farms maple syrup that's been aged in bourbon barrels it is absolutely delicious not only in a cocktail but you can cook with it, right? You can. You absolutely can. Now, Mike, Kevin just sent me a new shipment, so I got a little bit more. And I've been making some beef jerky lately. Really? Yeah. Now, I know you're the meat master, <laughs> but, but I, I tried my hand at it. I said, you know, I want to make some beef jerky. And I've got a pretty decent beef jerky recipe, and it's got a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit of... You know, onion powder, garlic powder, those kind of things. But I always put brown sugar in it. Well, this time Kevin sent me a bottle of his granulated maple sugar. Wow. And I decided that I was going to substitute the maple sugar for the brown sugar. Oh, game changer. Let me tell you. Total game changer. Total game changer. Some of the best beef jerky you've ever had. So I'm going to make another batch here in, in about a week. And I'll be sure to get you some. Man, that, that sounds delicious. Vivian took, and we just got an air fryer like most people got these days, right? And uh, she took and soaked fresh pineapple in that maple syrup and then put it in the air fryer. And it kind of crisped up a little bit. Oh, sounds uh, good. It was just magically delicious. Um, and people probably wonder why we love it so much. Kevin competed in the Maple Festival uh, last year, 2021, and he was named Grand Champion. Uh, that's saying something. So, Seldom Seen Farms, Grand Champion of the 2021 Maple Syrup Festival. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's saying something. Yeah. You're going up against some heavy hitters in maple syrup, and I know we're we're talking about just the syrup, but um, – you know, that's something to be proud of. Uh, hats off to you, Kevin, for when that Kevin's also uh, 
competing in a couple other competitions, make sure you check out his website. Check out his social media on Instagram and Facebook. You won't be uh, disappointed. If you want to buy something from him, where can they go, Jim? You can go to SeldomScenemaple.com. And Kevin and his crew, they've got a great website, very easy to navigate. They've got all their products on there. You can buy their maple syrup by the bottle. You can buy it by the case. Uh, You can buy that sugar. Oh, my goodness, Mike. That stuff is so good. Uh, And they've got some other gift sets there, too. So you definitely want to check it out. Well, he's also going to be in some distilleries pretty shortly here. Um, Some distilleries that I love and I know you love. He's going to be down Leaper's Fork. you can find a syrup down there aged in their barrels. Treaty Oak down in Dripping Springs, Texas. Um, I was just out there. His syrup's going to be there. Awesome. Um, and at Garrison Brothers in Texas, if you think uh, you love some maple syrup, make sure you go into Garrison Brothers and pick up a bottle from them also. Uh, Kevin appreciated. Uh, I know he he loves people. You're supporting a local farmer, a local product, a small family. This is no factory place that's putting out maple syrup, right, Jim? This is a good man doing good work. Yeah, got to love it. Well, make sure you check out his site. Like Jim said, seldomseenmaple.com. Pick up a bottle today. All right, so we are back. We're in the basement Rick house. We got Logan and Mac in their house actually <laughs> yeah, yeah literally <laughs> we're yeah. in the house actually that's right <laughs> yeah and uh we had a great first half i had a little bit of rye from castle and key your pick yep uh what do we have in our glass for this half so this is the most unique whiskey that i've ever had in my entire life this is another one of our picks uh this was done through starlight uh which is you know suburb of of kentucky but it's actually in indiana it's it's just the other side of louisville um and it is there it's a four grain uh bourbon and it's finished in brazilian ambarana uh, which is a brazilian oak and it provides just the absolute most unique flavor like i say of any whiskey that that i've ever had so it's pretty fair to say before we get to this that we've not had anything like it i mean that's what you're saying if if you had i would be shocked unless you'd already had this pick I haven't had this pick. Yeah. And and Starlight is is such a cool distillery. If you if you've never been to Starlight. Um you know, a lot of distilleries are doing this farm to table or farm to glass process. They're not doing it like Starlight's doing it. And that's not a knock on any other distillery, but they're they're keeping the bees that pollinate the grains that goes into your glass. And so they're they're controlling it all the way down to the pollination level. So pollinator to glass. It, it's yeah. it's nuts, absolutely nuts. So this one, this one's unique. It, it, this thing has this just very unique nose on it. Yeah, um, I mean, you got the nose before you even got it to your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a second ago, I don't know, like a breeze went through, and I was like, oh. Yeah, well, Logan first handed me the bottle, and I he's like, smell this, and I was like, okay. So I nosed it, and I I got a little bit, but once you pour it into a glass mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. it opens up a little bit, you're just like, it's just like bam. It's like a cinnamon snickerdoodle cookie. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is snickerdoodle all day long. That's a that's a great tasting note right there. It knows no. Yeah. I, you have to add that to your wheel. But yeah. but yeah. it's got a snickerdoodle <laughs> with just a like a hint of tobacco in the background. Yep. Yeah. Which yeah. is is you know their their goal wasn't for it to taste like a cigar. Their goal was that that sensation you get when you open up that cedar humidor. You know that that nose and that immediate tobacco smell that you get they wanted a touch of that 
I could just sit and nose this for just a little bit. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. You you're absolutely on the spot. I mean, I have not had anything like Wait, this. You know that I'm gonna taste it. <laughs> Let's, go cheers. 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 not bad is it it's it's actually really good (laughs) but it is it's it's very unique and and i would say that for that reason it's probably not for everybody right this is probably not something that everybody's going to say that's my jam yeah right this this is this is your last glass of the night because you're not going to taste anything after this yeah it's it's a it's a palate killer in a good way yeah Mm -hmm. it it went from being like this is going to sound weird, but super wet on the lips, mm-hmm. um, across the palate, uh, all the way to the back. And it, it just kind of dried the palate as it went back with, mm. with lots and lots of spice, a little sweetness at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, that snickerdoodle <laughs> yeah. cookie, uh, all the way to the back with some nice, uh, cinnamon spice, um, some nutmeg on there. And I don't think it drinks its proof. It's 114.6 proof. It definitely does not. Yeah. Definitely does not. That's uh, that's both impressive and and you know any time that I'm able to have something that is just totally different than anything I've had before, you get kind of excited. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that you know again, it's not about what you're drinking; it's about who you're drinking with. So there were some other TikTok creators and influencers that that went with us and did this pick in Indiana, and and you know such a fun time being able to drink with those guys and and try something completely different this is one of their you know only products like this that they pushed out to you know any one of of i guess our category of of social media marketing that kind of thing this is this is one that they hold pretty tight to the vest that this is the product that people camp out to get um it, it's it's probably their most sought after whiskey that they make i, I would think you would have to be almost a whiskey enthusiast uh to really appreciate this. Um, I think a new whiskey drinker, right. Would, this would scare them to death. If I could buy a candle of it though, a hundred percent, I would buy a candle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really good. I yeah. mean, are there any left? We literally, this, this bottle that you guys are, are drinking and one that we, we up above our bar, we keep the first bottle of all of our picks. So we've got that one and this one and that's, that's it. Yeah. Well, Mike, if we're ever fortunate enough to be invited back to the basement Rick house, we'll know what to ask for. <laughs> That's, right. There you go. That's right. Yeah, we always, people want to ask us, you know, they're, I think a little, most people are intimidated if we come to their bar or their house and they're like, uh, what do you guys want to drink? And, uh, you know, I, I see almost a lot of things I've had multiple times, but I'm not looking for that. Right. You know, I, I'm perusing for what I haven't had in my life. And this is something right here. Like you said, the only thing I can think that comes close to this is a Joseph Magnuson. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this is called a cigar batch. Yeah. And I, I forget what theirs is called a cigar blend. I mm-hmm. think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a, nothing against Joseph Magnus. They've, they've got a fantastic product, but this in head to head competitions has won nine times out of 10. I bet it has. Yeah. I've had the cigar blend. It's been a minute. Actually, I had it with some roadies when we went down to third turn. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Watching the derby, I think. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So you guys got another pick that's coming up, though. Yeah, we do. We do. And we haven't announced it yet, so I guess this will be our our announcement. But we're actually going to fly out to Colorado and do a pick with Old Elk. Well, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really good. 
So uh, in case any of your followers aren't, um, you know, a lot of people are like, wait, hold on. You're leaving Kentucky to do a bourbon pick. Are you, who are you? Are you crazy? And at first I, I was a little kind of nose in the air earlier on in my bourbon days of like, you can't, yes, you can get bourbon anywhere in the United States. You can make it anywhere in the United States, but it's only going to be good if it's from Kentucky. And that's, mm. that's kind of my issues. And so even when we found old elk and I was like, sorry, I reached out, I was like, it's okay. Their grandmother's from Scott County, Kentucky. So they're really <laughs> Kentuckians <laughs> at heart. And um, so that's, you know, a little bit of my, um, I don't know, prejudices, but um, it is a really, really good distillery and some great, great juice. Yeah, but, well, we, so, hope, we hope, we hope, we hope we've properly educated our listeners on bourbons yeah. from outside of Kentucky. Oh, so I'm okay, pretty positive that our listeners know that bourbon can come from anywhere in the United States okay, and, good. Uh, and really good bourbon. And, 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 good. Yeah. and territories now as well. They clarified that a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you wanted to make bourbon in Guam. Yep. You can do it now. You could do it. Yep. I don't know how that would taste. Be interesting. So they did a, uh, they did an experiment, uh, independent stave company, which is one of the largest barrel manufacturers. If you don't know who, who they are, uh, in the United States, but they did an experiment where they took the same exact mash recipe and they aged it in Kentucky, same exact distillate, put it in Texas and then sent one to Scotland and they compared the aging to it and and how texas aged so much faster and had so much more spice as opposed to scotland which took twice as long to get it to that age so i don't know what guam would be that'd be that'd be pretty interesting god guam's, guam's just hot hot all the time isn't it yeah i th- think more humid and hot but mm. i was gonna say logan man i i just love you for saying that because uh, <laughs> i've said that to so many people about not just about Texas, but Scotland and, and Kentucky. And that are, it, it drives me insane when people are like, well, you know, you know, bourbon's got to, it's got to take eight years. And oh. it takes eight years in Kentucky. Right. It might take 18 years in Scotland. It was a pretty cool study. But Texas is only going to take months. Three, <laughs> 18 Well, I don't know, 18 <laughs> months, like pushing it. 32 months of Texas, somewhere in that. Yeah, range. they did the, the same exact char level. They even tried to pull wood from the same tree. Um, yeah. That's how precise they got. So, Independent Stave Company does some really, really cool experiments. Yeah, you I'm, don't, I'm glad you brought that up. I just, man, I, to, we, and me and Jim have tried to tell people that mm-hmm. about um, whiskeys in different regions. Colorado is its own its own animal right you can oh, have different regions in colorado yeah. um the high desert compared to oh, down the plains and when well, the altitude and and yeah. you know barometric pressure plays a huge role in the aging uh and it's just drastically different there and then so have, some, you, have you done a have you done an episode on that yet we have not no oh. there you go it'd be hard to fit that into three minutes though mm-hmm. that's right that's that's one of the other things it's like oh this is a really good story can we do it in three minutes and give it like give it everything it needs it's like, okay, we'll just write that on there. Maybe one day we'll be on YouTube list. I, I can't tell you how many people have come over to our house and um, I'll pull out a Texas whiskey for them. And the first right. thing they go for is just, well, how old is that? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, don't worry. It doesn't matter. Yeah, don't, don't worry, worry about that. About that. Yeah. Just don't. Just pour it in your mouth and let's, let's see how it tastes first. Yeah. And then, then I'll tell you how old it is. And I'm about to blow your mind. Yeah. Um, well, that's what we'll do a lot of times when we lead tastings is we won't even tell somebody what it is. Uh, yeah. we, we do a, uh, sip and swap occasionally where we'll, we'll, everybody will bring a bottle. Um, we'll pour it for the group and then, 
you rank it from your most favorite to your least favorite, and then everybody draws a number and and they get to pick which one is their favorite, you know, and, and take that bottle home. So you don't, you know, leave with the same bottle that you came with. You might. Uh, um, you could. You could, but it's, uh, uh, we, we tell people the blind tasting is where the hype train goes to die. Good or bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't care how uh, experienced you are. Um, you can get surprised. Oh, absolutely. You can get put in your place pretty quick. Absolutely. Yes. Now, you you guys have been doing this TikTok thing, and you got a pretty good, you're at 50 or 60,000 now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Followers on there? Yep. Um, and do you run into other, you said you did, some people went on this pick right here, but what are some other big bourbon TikTok accounts for our listeners that are like, okay, I'm going to get on there and I'm going to watch your guys' video, but I need some other videos to watch. Yeah, there's there's a lot out there. There's uh, 60 Second Bourbon Review. Uh, Steve, he's out of Louisville uh, and he does reviews. Uh, Whiskey Diz uh, is another one, just hilarious uh, content. Uh, Dad's Brown Water, uh, another another funny one. So there's, there's a ton of bourbon comedy out there on TikTok that is just hilarious. Um, that, you know, they'll come up with, they'll hear a song and relate it to bourbon somehow. And it's just, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. If, you can go down a different, definitely oh, yeah. rabbit hole on bourbon TikTok. There's yeah. a guy named bourbon, Bib, Bibs bourbon. Bibbin bourbon. Yeah. 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 He's hilarious. Uh, he's, he's always on there and he's easily makes fun of people with other bibs is what he's right. on there with. Well, but. the algorithm in, in TikTok is so fine tuned that if, if you just watch a bourbon video for longer than eight seconds, it goes, oh, you must like bourbon. And mm-hmm. so it will just start playing bourbon videos on repeat for you. So, it, you know, it's scary, but TikTok gets to know you pretty well and knows what you like. So that's why, you know, this pick and, and, and what kind of bourbon is, is it's, it's called bourbon TikTok. Uh, which it's not a separate app that you can't go to the app store and search bourbon TikTok. It's it's TikTok, but after you engage with it for so long, all you see is bourbon stuff. And now you guys do lives on there a lot too, right? Yeah. We do. Yeah. And what do you got to have? How many followers do you have to do to do a live? A thousand. A thousand mm-hmm. p- people on there. Mm-hmm. And then how long can you go live for? Oh, hours. Oh gosh. Days. <laughs> how yeah. long do you think our longest been? I think we did four hour one once. Yeah. It was pretty rough by the end. I, I'll peek in there real fast. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's hard for me to sit there and devote an hour or something and watch a whole yeah. show. So I always peek in there, say hi real fast. And I got to say, you guys are amazing at trying to reach back out to people and say, hey, hey, Big Chief or Bourbon Road guys. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for popping in and stuff. I always like to show that we're trying to support our fellow uh, um bourbon social media people right i That's just right. love mm-hmm. it um so and your guys's content is is always spot on you know there's some other stuff out there that i don't enjoy right um i don't right. enjoy people doing bottle chugs and stuff like right. that i don't like any of the shock stuff I, I tell you what i like about yours is that you start telling a story and immediately i'm saying to myself i know what he's gonna say like i know what this is about i already know this but if you just sit there for a minute you're like oh wait i didn't know that Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really Mission what I love about it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what yeah, I love about it. Yeah. We don't, we don't care for the shock stuff or the controversial stuff. You know, we, we, as PG as you can keep bourbon, we try to keep it pretty PG. Um, you know, just again, as Max said earlier, 
keeping it approachable. You know, there's yeah. there's people that just get turned off by so much that, you know, we, we try to keep it something for everybody. Something that, that if you're new to bourbon, you can get on it and go, oh, that's really cool. If you don't even like bourbon, you can get on and go, man, that's a story. You know, whiskey shaped so much of the world that we live in today that oh, yeah. if, if we can relate it back to that, you know, if you don't like bourbon, that's okay. You know, or if you're an expert, if you've been doing the bourbon stuff for 30 years and you go, I literally know everything, you can watch us and hopefully you'll go, that's really neat. I, I wasn't aware of that, that small component of it. And bourbon can be used, as you guys well know from where you're from, can be used for for good. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the tornadoes that hit um, central or western Kentucky, right. um, you guys are from right there, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So that hits home to you. A hundred percent. Yeah. You saw that bourbon, uh, the bourbon community, the bourbon world came together to support your, yeah, your families, your hometown. And they're doing it again this year. Yeah. Right. You know, Eastern Kentucky. Sadly, it has to happen, but yeah. 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 But But they're doing it. You can see that whiskey in Kentucky, especially can be used for good. And Eastern Kentucky has been hit by these, these flash floods, flooding and stuff. I think the death tolls up to like 37 or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but bourbon's doing it again. Right. Uh, Mr. Well, Fred Minnick is, you know, he's stepping up his game and hopefully they raise the same amount of money as they raised for the tornadoes victims right. for these flood victims out there. Yeah. Well, that's what makes this so neat is, is this is a brown drink that, you know, you could go to the liquor store and pick anything off the glass and have a similar experience with it. But, when you dive into the people behind it, the stories behind it, and just the camaraderie behind it, what you can do with it. I mean, we had we had a blast raising money for uh, Western Kentucky. We'll we'll get involved in Eastern Kentucky Humane Society here in Frankfort. You know, had a had a uh, Humane Society that's in the floodplain that would flood every six or seven years, um, and so we did. I don't know seven eight videos, and Bourbon TikTok stepped up, and we raised. $280,000 because of some, you know, stupid videos. Um, you know, so you just never know what, what you can do um, with the power of the internet. We tell people all the time, the internet is insane. Yeah. It, it is definitely who you can reach to mm-hmm. um, and oh, yeah. across the world. And what they grab hold of. You know, you never know what they're going to just latch on to. Mac, I, I like that you had said that, um, you know, bourbon – you're learning that bourbon or you've learned that bourbon is not a, like a snobs drink, right? Oh yeah. Um, when I think of scotch, yeah, <laughs> I think of 007, I think of, uh, tuxes. Yeah. Um, but when I think of bourbon, mm-hmm. bourbon was started out by poor farmers trying to figure yeah. out a way to use their corn. Right. So it didn't not spoil. lose money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Save the farm. Now farmers, as we know, they're not the wealthiest people on earth. They're just down to earth. Yeah. And that's what bourbon is just about. And I love that you guys show that when you go to a blue collar drink. Yeah. Blue jeans, boots, and flannel. There you I go. I mean, it's the PBR of whiskey. <laughs> there you, <go. laughs> you know, it's, it's for anybody. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it, we, we've definitely had so many people who, they're like, I'm really sorry for asking this. Like, I know I should probably know this, but it's like, no, no, this, this, the basement rickhouse is where you are more than welcome to ask all those questions. Please ask the questions. And in our lives, we get people all the time. All right. You know, we're not, 
my so-and-so is not into bourbon. What should they start with? And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, let's jump into it. Or, you know, I'm just now new to bourbon. You know, I was really bored during COVID. So I started drinking bourbon. Uh, and then they just like ask all these questions and it just makes people feel so comfortable and connected. Um, we have somebody who took one of our classes not too long ago as a veteran and uh, has only been back from being um, deployed for not very long. And he said, you know, you know, being able to be in this community has made all the difference in the world. It's really tough to come back from a deployment and re reconnect with community, but you guys made it easy and I really appreciate it. And I was like, dude, we're just, we're just telling stories and we're just here, but it's, that's, you know, I think that's one of the things that is, is what we're, our goal is we want everyone to feel comfortable to be at the table and to ask the questions and to just be part of community. I've heard a lot of veterans actually say that about bourbon um and it hits home from both jim and i because we're both veterans ourselves but you're looking for that camaraderie that you had in the military Mm -hmm. and there's so much camaraderie in bourbon absolutely um between the not just social media media but the bourbon drinkers themselves and most people wouldn't see this until you go to a festival or something amongst the distilleries with like social media and media and um I consider some of those those bourbon distilleries the master distillers. They're like family members or good friends. You know, you right. just get right. to build this this friendship with them. Yeah, and that you don't see that around the clear liquors, right? There's something about what it takes to to continually pour into this drink, this this brown drink that takes years to create. Somehow, just creates connection on so many different levels, and the fact that you're not just you know when you're drinking this, like you have to sip it. You can't just like walk in and throw this back. Like you have to sit. And if you're going to sit there, you can pull out your phone or you can talk to the person next to you. And so it, I think it, it creates something that allows community to happen more than other beverages or other options. And so I think that there's just something innate in this that is community that um, is really, really interesting and something that we've really got to enjoy. Now, how often do you guys hold events down here, like bringing friends and stuff in or classes? Uh, we do a class probably once a quarter. We do virtual classes, um, and, and then we'll do an in-person class in here. So virtual classes, it's a certified bourbon steward class. So it's it's uh, Stave and Thief, Moonshine University. It's their their content, but then we put our spin on it. You know, So we dive a little bit deeper into certain things and, and tell – you know, the rest of the story on, on certain things. So, uh, but we do that once a quarter, uh, you know, self selfish plug here, basementrickhouse.com. Uh, if you want to sign up, there's a schedule on there of all of our upcoming classes, but, um, you know, it's a ton of fun. It's a great way for people to meet and build that camaraderie. Let's talk about that for a minute, because I, we've probably got a lot of our listeners who have heard about that certification. Mm -hmm. And just are wondering if they should take that next step, you know? Yeah. We've had, we've had people that know absolutely nothing about bourbon that, that can't even drink it yet. You know, as as Max said, people, our number one question is, Hey, I'm new to bourbon. I don't like it. Uh, What's, what's a good starter bourbon? And we say a cocktail. Don't, you're not going to find a bourbon day one that you, you know, absolutely just fall in love with if you've never had a whiskey before. So start off with a cocktail, right? And so we've had those people in our class. And then we've had literally people that have bought into distilleries and are in the industry take the class 
in the same class. Oh yeah, that was fun. And and everybody walks away with something, you know, because mm-hmm. because it gets into history, it gets into distillation, it gets into misconceptions, and it also gets into the you're now an ambassador for this industry. You know, you have to take that seriously because if you put that pin on, you know, that you're saying, hey, I know something about bourbon and you have a choice to make at that point. You can raise your nose in the air and you can become the snooty. I know more than you do. Or you can go, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's let, you know, maybe you can teach me something or maybe I can teach you something. You know, it's that approachability. And so we focus a lot about, you know, that in our classes as well. So it covers a wide array of, of various topics in the whiskey industry. You know, it, its goal initially was for people in the industry, either bartenders or liquor store, you know, employees that could speak intelligently on the product of, yes, this is different than Scotch or Irish whiskey or Canadian whiskey, but I don't know what it is that makes it different. You know, so it, it dives into Scotch, it dives into Irish whiskey, Canadian whiskeys, and it allows you to speak intelligently on not only why it tastes different, but what in the process makes it taste different. What is What are the legal requirements that make this a different product? You know, Mike, I've, I've thought many times about taking this course and getting certified, but I'm a little worried that we wouldn't be bourbon bullshitters anymore. <laughs> I, I, I think we'd still be. You know, <laughs> yeah. who, who says that bourbon is the PBR whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously. <laughs> Matt keeps bringing up Paul Harvey, and I just think I could hear Paul Harvey myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And God made bourbon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah. I could hear him saying right. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know why we haven't taken it. It's just for us, I think it's a time thing, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, Hey, you guys great you guys got this great job and stuff of having a bourbon podcast and um it must be really fun. And ninety percent of the time it's, it's fun. really, it's really fun. fun. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. And, and the people are great, right? But there's oh, yeah. I don't think people realize how much work uh goes to putting on a show and I know YouTube truly understand sure it takes a lot of work and try to pull away and get something else done besides our day jobs Mm -hmm. and having both of us have hobby farms so right that's a whole another dynamic what by itself i was i was giggling why you said you're half hills to mow here oh Um, yeah (laughs) you have you have the hill i've got the hill Uh, like a five acre hill oh wow so but it's just so much work and I, it, it, we, it's something we need to do. We just, yeah, we just need to bite, bite off on it. And that's do it. why we started offering the class we, the way you do. So, you know, through Moonshine University, you can just do a self-study. And I did that at first. I did the self-study because I, you know, Logan, Logan was this master taster and I was like, well, I want, I want something to put behind my name. And so I just did it. And then we're like, oh no, we're doing this together. So we did the executive bourbon steward class, which isn't in person. It is, a, it is a big time commitment. But then after that, we the reason we're offering online is because you know people are busy and so and everyone got used to you know oh i can communicate and i can do things via zoom so that's why we started offering the online and then we do the in person in person it's like a four hour four to five hour in person experience and then the online it's just two nights of two hours um and we get through it so we go through the whole book um in the span of four to five hours now where do they find your classes at that you're putting on yep basementrickhouse.com 
um, under events. You click on it there. You can register. Uh, it includes the book, includes the pin that you get, uh, which the pin gets you free drinks. It does not get you free drinks. We we had we talked about this. It does not. Okay, it, sh- okay. it should get you free drinks. Nope. Should we got some doesn't. drama here, Jim? Oh my we gosh! So <laughs> Logan started saying this, and I'm like, "Hen, they're gonna not let us teach this class anymore if you keep saying this." And he's like, "Okay, should." And then then one of the people in our class um, was in Chicago wearing his pin, and he got free drinks at the bar. So it and does so, get you free drinks. So not then he jumped in our live and told us. And so he and Logan have been rising me like it does get you free drinks. Jim, it might be cheaper than having a podcast. It might be. <laughs> Maybe we right. just get a pin. Just well, get a pin. Take a course. Get certified. <laughs> so the difference between bourbon steward and executive bourbon steward. Very similar content. Executive bourbon steward, which they just came out with a virtual option. Um but it's it the executive has to go through Moonshine University. Um, we we teach the certified bourbon steward class, but it's the same exact book. The difference is the executive you actually go to the location and and you make whiskey, uh, so you get to dive in a little bit deeper, a little bit more hands on with the distillation. You get a nosing kit. Uh, and and also the difference is about four hundred dollars. So, so it's, it's expensive. It is. It to is. The yeah. You know that thing's only like probably four blocks from where I work at. And yeah, I've actually yeah. catered a catered event back in two thousand eighteen or two thousand seventeen there, um, and we've been offered to take a free class there yeah. so mm-hmm. we probably should just it's a, it's about the time yeah. you know it's about the time but yeah, yeah. we just like being bourbon bullshitters yeah. of that and our t-shirt i noticed you guys got t-shirts you guys oh, got yeah. your t-shirts on your website we do yeah and what what t-shirts do you offer uh so we've got uh, the one that i'm wearing which is we call it the bourbon journey which it's shows corn a still a barrel and a glass so it's just the process of bourbon uh our our best seller though is um uh, it's a political, political shirt, uh, which it's uh, Blanton and Van Winkle 2024, um, make, uh, bringing spirits to America. Um, so that's that's our best seller. We've got several others. We've got, you know, Megapint from uh, the Johnny Depp trials. We've got the definition of what Megapint is if it were bourbon. Uh, so we've got, we got all kinds that's of cool. stuff yeah, on there. Some really fun stuff. T-shirt, long sleeve shirt, sweatshirt. Glasses. Oh know. yeah, yep. We got glasses. And you'll have all your merch at uh, Bourbon on the Banks. We'll have, we'll have some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. bring the Bourbon Journey there for sure. Maybe the political shirt. Yep. This year. Well, Bourbon on the Banks is if listeners. If you don't know about it, October first, you can buy your tickets today. Um, go on there, buy some tickets. Um, I know they'll appreciate it. There's eighty over eighty distilleries right mm-hmm. now. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's huge. So, so in other words, there's no way, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're big chief, you're not going to sample all 80. Oh, no. It's not going to happen. I don't know. We've seen I, people try. We've we seen them try. You can try, but you but will, you be, will, you will be that you silly guy off, off, off in the trees. That's if, right. If, if I, I can't do it, I'll guarantee you, nobody else can do it. <laughs> that's right. So that's, a, well, that's one of the most interesting things is, you know, I don't care what other town claims anything. Frankfurt is the heart of bourbon country. It, it is. is. It is the birthplace. Maybe not the birthplace, but it is, it is the heart. And so bourbon on the banks is right there along the banks of the Kentucky River. Sorry, Bardstown. Yeah. I, I, you know how true that is that oh, you two don't yeah. about that. So uh, we did a show on Benchmark. Yep. Yep. Oh, the, Benchmark. The McPhee brothers, right? And 
they were some of the first people in Kentucky that walked right up the Kentucky River. They found this little thing called the Buffalo Trace, and then they hmm. took that Buffalo Trace so they didn't have to walk through the wilderness right. to the banks of the back to the banks of the Kentucky River. It took like fifteen miles off their trip because. Mm-hmm. As I know, the Kentucky River is just this windy snake-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they walked across that. And one of the benchmarks they laid down uh, for surveying land for these rich uh, guys in Virginia was right here in Frankfurt. Yeah. Uh, so the birthplace of bourbon, yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, it, it, it definitely is the birthplace of good bourbon. Right. <laughs> All right. I mean, which which sounds like I'm, you know, throwing jabs and smacking people in the face. But I mean, you look at what Colonel Taylor did to this industry. There's a reason he's called the father of modern bourbon, you know, with with and there's so many misconceptions. You know, listen, I love Buffalo Trace. I worked there for six years. I, I modeled our basement after it. You know, the reason that there's copper everywhere in our bar is because it was old fired copper, right? That I mean, I, Buffalo Trace is in my blood, but they do a really good job of c- claiming Colonel Taylor. Well, his his role at OFC was so minuscule there. He wasn't there very long. Yes, he he built it to what it was, and but, you know, bottled and bond, right? You know, 1897, he stepped in. He did that at what is now Castle and Key. You know, that, that bottled and bond was the first consumer protection law. Not milk, not tobacco, not medicine, not meat. Whiskey was the first consumer protection law, uh, first truth and advertising law. You know, again, whiskey shaped the world, and and Colonel Taylor had his hand in at least seven distilleries, um, and and there's there's a good case to be made for even more, but. Woodford Reserve, uh, Castle and Key, Buffalo Trace, the Hermitage, uh, Old Pepper Distillery. Um, I mean, you you name it, you can run through. And Colonel Taylor is is Frankfurt true and true. There's yeah. another small distillery here in Frankfurt that a lot of people don't realize is here, right? Yeah. It's old, old Granddad. Oh, yep. yeah, Old Granddad. A lot of people don't know that that's yeah. there. You can't go visit it, uh, no. but there's an old spillway there, an old dam. It, right, it, yep. It's pretty amazing to see. For me, I'm I'm a water guy, river guy, so I, oh, yeah. to me, that kind of stuff is just amazing. And to see what that was and how old that place is, and then I wish we we talked with Freddie No about this. I wish they would open it up. Oh yeah, it'd be huge, mm-hmm. be huge. Well, I mean, and and what he did, we we talked about Crow earlier in the show, right? You know, you wouldn't have Colonel Taylor if you didn't have Crow. Um, you know, Crow was not the founder of sour mash whiskey but he figured it out right he he was the scientist behind sour mash whiskey and colonel taylor hired crow's protege to teach him whiskey uh you know taylor was a banker and so he he hired um crow's protege to teach him the modern technology and the modern science of whiskey and then taylor wasn't satisfied so he actually went to scotland and ireland for three years in germany to learn fermentation of beer um, and brought that back, and that's why he's the father of of modern bourbon. Is it? You think this is weird? This is kind of getting off topic. Sorry, Jim's probably going to kill me for this. But, no, sorry. Um, and I don't know why we didn't bring up this up with Freddie because he probably would have got mad at us. But why have Crow as a bottom shelfer today? Yeah, it's a shame mm-hmm. to me. It's. I mean, Crow was um, the Duke's. Favorite bourbon, you know, I mean, that was, that was what he went to. Um, 
it, yeah, Crow was Crow was the top shelf best of the best for for a long time, and then Colonel Taylor came in, and then his product became synonymous with quality. No, we had some sixty one old Crow. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Was it sixty one? Yeah, I think it was sixty one. That was some fantastic bourbon, really good. We had some sixty. Was it sixty nine? Was it the Chessman? Um, I think somewhere in there, you know, you, you think back to those older bottles and stuff mm-hmm. and you, you taste them and you're like, man, mm-hmm. why are they keeping it down there? You know, this, right. this grand old brand that could be at the top of the shelf. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a shame. And it, it, it's funny how these brands will keep, they'll pop their rear, their head back up. You know, I was going to say, you're probably going to see it again. You're going to probably see it rising up the shelf. Oh, what prohibition did to so many stories. I mean, you hate prohibition because it limited, you know, the production of whiskey and they hated it back then. But what it did to change the narrative of today's stories is incredible. I mean, you, you like look at the Colonel Taylor uh, that Buffalo Trace makes now, the yellow label, and it's got a picture of OFC on the side of it. Well, originally, that bottle never had that picture of OFC on it. It had the castle from Castle and Key, right? So, but Prohibition went through different hands. That that brand, so trademarking because of Prohibition has changed the narrative, and that's one of the things that we try to do. Is what was the original narrative? What was the what was the 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 rest of the story initially? So, would you have ever thought that prohibition ending in 1933 would still have repercussions in 2022? Oh, sure, it's just amazing, isn't it? It's crazy. Almost, almost a hundred years later, we're we, it still affects us to this day. Yep. Yeah. Um, kind of what we drink and um the laws that have come out, the standards that came Mm -hmm. from prohibition. You know, right. Um. Mainly because the government wanted to get their taxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all <laughs> I think it's about. interesting to see all of these brands that are coming back or, you know, some version of an old brand coming back, I think is really interesting. So, you know, you see all of these new-ish brands trying to go back to their heritage and get their old DSPs, right? Like, oh, well, you know, back in the day, my, you know, my uncle, grandfather, whatever had, you know, owned DSP, whatever number, and it's a low number. So I think that's really interesting, but it's also giving opportunities like midway distilling. So, um, you know, right. Another one right down the street from us, um, there was midway Kentucky, which no one's ever heard of was a really big distilling capital in this area They had multiple different distilleries that got destroyed by prohibition and fire. Um, and so, but now people are able to come back and start kind of revitalizing that distilling history in midway. And so bluegrass distillers is over there. Um, kind of revitalizing the Midway Distilling brand and bringing that back to life. And so that's another thing that Prohibition did that's now providing new life. So yes, there's you know there's some negatives and there's some things that we do mm-hmm. one way or the other, but there's also some new life happening You know, now almost 100 years later because of it, which is pretty interesting. So how, it doesn't sound like you guys are going to run out of content anytime soon. No, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Nah. Look, uh, I've hear some stories gonna pop up. I think. Yeah, there's some that have popped up today. Now we have to go and and figure out how to talk about barometric pressure in under three minutes. <laughs> I know. Challenge Gosh. accepted. Right. Challenge accepted. Well, I'm 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 looking forward to those those three minute videos. I'm looking forward to get your guys's content. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at Bourbon on the Banks. We might not be able to step out of the Bourbon Road Lounge. Hopefully, we will. Um, It'd be nice if we could this year. 
but we'll see. I don't know last year you guys popped into the Bourbon Road Lounge. Right. Yeah. It was great. Um, you know, listeners, if you are going to be at Bourbon Road Banks, make sure you stop in there. Uh, you can sit in our uh, beautiful furniture we're going to have in there in the lounge part uh, made by a good friend, Rhett. Uh, he makes bourbon furniture. Um, you can check him out at Rhett Baird Bourbon Barrel Furniture. Uh, some of the most beautiful furniture out there. Yeah, I mean, the, definitely the sturdiest. The sturdiest. You need two people to carry a chair away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, wow. Um, we'll have a couple. Which, with a name like Big Chief, you need sturdy furniture. You do. <laughs> you do. I got a big, big bottom that I have to set it in. So um, make sure you stop by there. We'll have plenty of bottles. We're going to have Leapers Fort Distillery in there pouring whiskey for us uh, from their distillery. Um, we'll have the Bourbon Road Bar will be attended this year yeah, yeah so if you're a roadie and uh or you want to become a roadie make sure you belly up to the bourbon belly bar. up to the bourbon belly bar. and then make sure you go down to the basement rick house tent see logan and mac buy some of their shirts um check them out live and in person are you guys doing a class there this year or anything, uh, we'll or be a- doing bourbon trivia so just a little quick you know five minute everybody does a trivia winner gets to taste something special um, so we'll be doing that. We'll be doing doing some just different little workshops, a uh, little five minute, not take up all day, uh, having some fun. That'll be fun. Now, I was going to say, where do we, f- you told us, where do you buy your shirts at again? Yeah, basementrickhouse.com. Uh, and then uh, you can find us on TikTok, basement underscore rickhouse, Instagram, same basement underscore rickhouse, Facebook, uh, all the major, all the major places. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what a great, great discussion we've had here today jim really have one last question you guys have done all this research you've really dug into the backstories and a lot of the stuff you do is there one tidbit that just blew you away one little thing you found out that just stands out above everything else you would never would have guessed something exciting I've, i've got mine um i think it's the greatest story in bourbon history uh, and it is the greatest heist oh, in bourbon yeah. history um, that not many people know about. So, you know, Netflix did the the heist, the Pappy Gate thing that happened at Buffalo Trace, right? Sure. Uh, great story. A lot of it was crap, but it's a good story. Um, the, the greatest heist to ever take place in bourbon history happened the night before Prohibition. Um, it's uh, George Garvin Brown, uh, so Brown Foreman, his son, along with some other small distilleries, banded together to get a ship. Um, you know, prohibition happened. You had some options. You could break your barrels, discard the product. You could ship your barrels or you could uh, pay heavy fines on those barrels, uh, which that was the number one. You paid fines or you you discarded them. They had a provision in there where you could keep literally some in your basement. So that's why we like that provision for small gatherings. That was allowed, but it was a small amount that you were allowed to do. Um, but the night before prohibition uh, happens, George Garvin Brown Jr. And, and some others band together and find this ship. Uh, and they load 20,000 barrels of bourbon onto this ship and ship it to Europe the night before Prohibition happens. And so they, they took barrels from themselves uh, and, and shipped them over and sold it there. And it became so sought after. Everybody wanted this, this Kentucky whiskey uh, that it was next to impossible to find. Wow, what a great story. 
What about what about you, Mac? Is that the same yeah, story? No, I think my favorite is uh, Madame Mary Dowling. Oh yeah, I think she's my favorite story that we found so far. So, um, <clears throat> so you know now that bourbon has to be an American product. Well, it wasn't always that rule. Um, I'd like to think that one of the reasons that is a rule is because of Mary Dowling. And so again, prohibition story. Mary Dowling was over in Lawrenceburg. Um, she was also a widow and she was taking the family business as far as it could go. Um, bringing up her children into the family business. Then prohibition happens. She applied to get medicinal whiskey license and she was denied because it was very political. Her friend, Pappy, did have that. Pappy Van Winkle. Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah. And so at his distillery. So he bought some of her barrels from her so that that product could still get sold here. Um, and she, then she put the rest of it in her basement because of the provision that said, if you have it in your basement, you can use it for personal use and, you know, those kinds of things. And so, um, they bootlegged out of her basement for a while, which was phenomenal. Um, unfortunately they got raided by, I don't know, everybody that could, I guess. Um, and so they put her on trail, you know, she broke the law. She was going to get put on trial. She was going to get put in prison for everything that she did. Um, while she was on the stand, it was just, oh, so much for this poor woman that she uh, became ill, passed out. So they had to suspend the trial because, you know, this woman who was running this family business and had all of her family relying on her simply couldn't handle sitting on the stand. Um, so anyways, so uh, they were ready to call court back into session. And all of a sudden they realized that the court reporter had mysteriously died between the time that court was suspended and court was coming back and no one could read his writing. So she got off. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she got off, which is really great. And that's a really great thing that happened. And then continuing on from there, um, she, she realized that the feds were following her and watching her and her family. So she couldn't continue to do that. So she shipped what she could down to Mexico with the help of Jim Beam, Jim Beam, the Jim Beam family, um, and started her, her Mexican distillery. So they were making bourbon in Mexico. Um, Mexican, what was the, what was the label? Uh, Mexican Dowling Distillery. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And so uh, they were producing, and she was producing such great whiskey and somehow getting it back into the United States that everyone wanted her Mexican distillate. They didn't want the American. So Pappy Van Winkle wrote her a letter saying, hey, I know what you're doing is great, but I can't sell your stuff here anymore because your Mexican product is saturating the market. So uh, her product that her she continued to do, product that was coming into the United States. Yeah. Was so good that that Pappy couldn't sell his stuff. He couldn't sell her, her original stuff because of what was going on there. So unfortunately she died before the end of prohibition and before be, being able to come back to the United States. But, um, she she's one of my favorite stories. So many distilleries at that time uh, after Prohibition ended because of what she had done. They thought, well, maybe it's something to do with Mexico and, and the temperature there because they had figured out that temperature played a key component in the aging of whiskey um, that, that they said, well, it needs to be made in America. And it took them 30 some odd years. But in 1964, they were finally successful in, in making uh, whiskey or making bourbon a distinct product of the United States. And so we like to think that Mary Dowling may have had a, a role in that. 
What? Two awesome stories. Great yeah. stories. Great stories. Yeah. So you can watch more of those on our Instagram or on our TikTok. Well, Logan, Mac, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you so much for inviting us into the basement Rick house, giving us an opportunity to experience this. Yeah, great thank you space. guys for being here. You uh, you really have something here. I tell thank you. you. Yeah, you probably it. have the bar, like I said earlier, that everybody wishes they had in their basement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most certainly. <laughs> well, thank you. It was it was definitely something fun that we were able to do together, which is been one mm-hmm. of the best things about this, I think, being able to do this whole adventure together. Yep. It's fun. Yeah, that's cool. Well, Mike, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on TikTok, too. We don't have as many followers on there, but if you want to follow us, go ahead on there. Uh, we're definitely not on there dancing. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Our main place you can find us is on Facebook. we got a private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. Uh, a bunch of like-minded whiskey drinkers. You got to be 21 to enter. You got to like bourbon. Hell, who don't like bourbon? Um, you also got to agree to play nice because we don't tolerate rudeness in there. Meaning if you drink from the very bottom of the shelf, which is old crow right now, uh, <laughs> very uh, all the way to the top, which is maybe some of that E.H. Taylor yeah. um, that you like so much, Jim. Um, we want you to come in there, be able to celebrate life, celebrate whiskey. Um whether you're retiring, having a birthday, having a baby, uh, having a grandchild, uh, even if you have somebody pass away and they were a whiskey drinker and you want to raise a glass to them, we want you to be able to do that, drink your kind of whiskey without somebody uh, being rude to you. Yeah, so we do two shows every week. Every Monday we do a craft distillery episode. Mike and I will sit down with a single expression. We'll uh, taste it. We'll talk about it. We'll let you know whether we think you ought to add it to your bar or not. Remember now, we're just a couple bourbon bullshitters, but we have drank just a few whiskeys, haven't we, Mike? Just a little bit. Every Wednesday, we'll do a full-length episode. We'll have a guest on, like Logan and Mac. We'll deep dive a subject. We'll have several expressions. Every week, you can expect that Wednesday episode to last about an hour to 30-minute half. We'll get you to work. We'll get you home. We hope you listen to both episodes every week. But, Mike, what do they have to do to make sure they don't miss one? Well, which you know what I'm about to say, Jim. You go to the very top of that app, hit that check sign, that plus sign, the subscribe sign, and let you know, hey, these two jokers have an episode coming out today. Um, and then we want you to scroll on to the very bottom of that app, hit that five-star review, leave us some comments on there. You know what's going to happen if you don't the big bad booty daddy of bourbon's going to come to your house dragging some maybe some old crow with him you drink it all <laughs> night long maybe cook some chili eat it up by the end of the night you can leave us that five star review uh, some comments but seriously those comments those reviews open up doors to distilleries uh, it opens up the basement rick house to us gets us invited over here to drink whiskey with logan and mac provide great content to you uh, we really do appreciate it now, Mike and I are very approachable. If you see us in a liquor store, you see us at a show. Uh, if you see us uh, wandering around a bourbon event, make sure you come up to us and say, hey, we'd love to shake your hand, have a have a drink with you. Find out a little bit more about your bourbon story. If you want to reach out to us, you've got an idea for a show or a guest on the show, make sure you do. Get on our website. We've got a contact us page there. We'll be sure to get back with you. You can always send us an email. I'm Jim at the Bourbon Road. He's Mike at the Bourbon Road. But like we always say, probably the best way. Slip into our DMs on Instagram. I'm Jay Shannon 63. I'm Big Bourbon Chief. And we'll see you down the Bourbon Road. Bourbon Road.
Thank <laughs> you.